This is the CIIS Public Programs Podcast, featuring talks and conversations recorded live by the Public Programs Department of California Institute of Integral Studies, a nonprofit university located in San Francisco on unceded Ramaytush Ohlone land. In this episode, educator, creator, and astrologer Kira Taborn talks with Alice Sparkly Cat about their work and their latest book, Postcolonial Astrology. Kira and Sparkly Cat share insights into ways we can use astrology to challenge our own practices, interrogate our truths, and reshape our institutions to build better frameworks for communities of care. This episode was recorded during a live online event on May 21st, 2021. A transcript is available at ciispod.com. To find out more about CIIS and public programs like this one, visit our website, ciis.edu, and connect with us on social media at CIIS Pub Programs. Hey, Ace. Hi, how are you today? I am so good. I'm enjoying Jupiter and Pisces um, <laughs> a weekend so far. How are you? I'm pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit later over here than it is for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I am stoked to talk to you today about yeah, your book. It's mm-hmm. it's cool. I guess people might n- not know that we like know each other. <laughs> we do know each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> When I was living in Brooklyn, we mm-hmm. um, we met, I don't know, I think the first time we met actually might have been um, at one of your book launches. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I, I think don't know so. how we met, but I remember like going to work on that garden and then Grace yeah. was like, oh, Kira lives here. Yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> No, I think, yeah, the first time we met, I came mm-hmm. to one of your, you were, um, had a book launch, because this is not your first, the first book that you've written. Um, and I came to basically meet you, but I don't think we actually talked at the time, because it was a little, everything was happening. But I wanted to ask you to be an influx, um, oh. which ended up happening, which is coming back, which is exciting. But Yay. regardless, people should know that Ace and I have, no- have known each other for about I guess like two years now, a year and a half or so. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we've hung out a few times. You've come to some dinners and Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've had we've had dinner. I yeah, we've talked on the phone. We've talked on the phone. You've been on my podcast twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. we've we have some rapport. Right. Um ooh. but anyway, mm-hmm. I'm it's cool to be talking to you in this like professional context. Yeah. <laughs> and um about your book because it's truly like it's a it's a gift to to astrology i think it's it's something that's been so needed for so long and i don't even think people knew how much it's needed or you know like recognize that need that you have filled Mm. um with this book and yeah there's so much i want to talk to you about so (laughs) thanks for reading it yeah. yeah, I mean, thanks for thanks for writing it. Um, <laughs> um, I wanted to start just by asking, like, why why you wrote this book? Like, what, um, yeah, what spurred you to write it? Were there any? Was there anything in particular? Was it just like something that's been brewing over time, like within you? Like, tell me more about the why behind it. Yeah, well, I mean, I think a lot of people have a troubled relationship with Western astrology and just, yeah, myself included. Uh, like, in like, once you like kind of like go like deeper into it, you kind of see it. It's like, it's all the binaries. Uh, it's mm. the names of the planets, the Roman names. It's some of the concepts. So I feel like there's a lot of questions that just kind of keep coming up uh, around Western astrology, around Uh, like tropical astrology too Uh, Mm -hmm. it's climate-based system so it kind of centers one type of climate Mm -hmm. over other types of climates Uh, and climate it's something that's changing all the time Um, and so like I just I mean I really kind of wanted to like follow that curiosity like the why of western astrology right yeah how how long did it take you like from the idea to like the you finally handing in your, you know, your first draft. 
Well, like it was a year I had a deadline mm-hmm. and then uh, but like a lot of the ideas like just kind of like that convoluted relationship with Western astrology like that's been something I've been like processing for mm-hmm. like maybe five years too. Yeah. 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 I yeah. figured it's yeah sort of like something that's been accumulating and bubbling up within you for a while that you didn't realize was necessarily a book until <laughs> you know a couple years in but um yeah can you speak a little bit more to your thoughts around um western astrology and the discomfort you have with certain parts of it like like you mentioned the names of the plant like the roman names of the planets um the binaries like yeah, I'm curious if you can expand on that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, just kind of, like, learning. Um, I mean, learning any type of astrology, I feel like everyone's just like, well, why does it work? Like, that's kind of, like, yeah. a guiding question that, like, comes up, like, over and over and always has different, like, questions attached to it. But Western astrology, like, it's not the first type of astrology that I was introduced to. Like, when I was three, I was introduced to, like, how to tell time by learning the Chinese zodiac. So I feel like when, like, I got into Western astrology, it was, like, it was because I was moving through some really hard, like, personal things. And, like, I found it to be a really useful language for talking about pain. Uh, But then, like, yeah, I guess there's like there's the why like why is it so useful for talking about pain yeah that's that's a good question i mean (laughs) yeah i I, the way i look at it um Mm -hmm. around that like why does it work Mm -hmm. yeah or more i guess more because i don't think anyone knows why Mm -hmm. it works or even Mm -hmm. like how it works this right. is i think we can more unpack the how than the why mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe maybe I like maybe that not. yeah but like that when i contemplate that that how that how myself especially when we talk about um there's so many different types of astrology it's like how does it how does all of it work you know yeah. how does sidereal work and tropical work mm-hmm. um and i always come back to like perspective mm. um and it's like, well, what perspective are you looking at it? Like what like if it's like a prism, you know, mm-hmm. what what angle are you looking at it from? Yeah. Um, and I wonder if you like, is that something that has come to you throughout this work? Like, because what I've what when I first started learning astrology, I some astrologer at some point had said that, like, you know, maybe um, Vedic astrology or using the sidereals well no i'll say vedic astrology mm-hmm. um works really well for for people who are from that region of mm-hmm. you know yeah. because of culture and because of you know as x right. y and z um so that kind of can explain like why s- both can work but i'm curious totally. as to your thoughts around that totally yeah i agree so i feel like when i got into astrology like there was like maybe a, even a little bit of a guilty feeling like is this my culture um and yeah so that kind of like went into it i like what you said about the prism because i feel like so much of astrology is a prism it's like it's so associative Uh, it's like every symbol like there's this deep historical context but then we're not looking at it linearly at all we're looking at it almost like it's a collage so then western astrology like it's not actually western origin but then it's western how it functions it's western how it's like remembered and memorialized right yeah that's so that's so real because i mean something i like to tell my students or remind my students of all the time which is i think so important to remember is that the type of astrology at least that i'm teaching and that a lot of us use hellenist like Hellenistic astrology or astrology that has roots in Hellenistic um, era or even medieval, but especially Hellenistic, it's like this was an astrology that was made in a particular period of time where there's particular customs and social norms. And it's the astrology of you within a system, within a society. It's not necessarily about like you and your psyche. <laughs> it's about how you fit in with the world around you. Um, and yeah, I just think throughout time, you know, we're kind of removed from that like root of where like 
the 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 people that we don't really know who it was, right? Who developed Hellenistic astrology, like the specific people who developed these specific in terms of the um the roots of it, kind of a mystery, but still it's like really I think important to remember where we are in space and time um when we're talking about like those those origins and when we talk about like the guest host relationship um in terms of like rulership and planets and other planet signs and stuff like that it's like that comes from greek culture right so um yeah i guess i the question i'm getting to or what i'm what i'm trying to get to is like what what parts of um astrology or i should say like western astrology do you see well i guess in terms of like that coming back to perspective right and it's like where where are you (laughs) what type of astrology are you using and where are you coming from what perspective are you looking at it from um do you have any thoughts on like why um yeah, I guess like expanding on that, like why you think that this particular astrology that we both of us use a lot of <laughs> works so much for for us and and our clients and and maybe like would you recommend other types of astrology to certain people? Yeah, yeah. I feel like it works so well because we have to reckon with the West. Like when we talk about the son, it's father, like we have to reckon with the patriarch. Um, we have to, yeah, we have to reckon with all this stuff. Uh, with the moon, it's reproduction. We have to reckon with reproductive exploitation all the time. Um, so like it shows up in our lives. It impacts our lives. The West does. So then like, like Western astrology, like we can use it to talk about the West. Like that's why I feel like it works so well to talk about pain sometimes. And like, yeah, so it's not, it's not really great for talking about everything, but it's good for some things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can you elaborate more on um, using it to talk about pain and like, in what ways, can you give an example or what Mm -hmm. ways do you use it to talk about pain? Yeah, like Jupiter, I mean, institutional wounds, um, with Mercury, I mean, I feel like with Mercury, a lot of times, like just the idea of like being heard and having a voice can bring out a lot of pain sometimes. Um, yeah, I feel like there's like just all the planets, they have something to do with pain, um, especially. And then like if I'm like, yeah, if I'm doing like maybe another form of divination, like maybe it's more focused on change. Uh, maybe it's more focused on something else, but I found, uh, like, just, I mean, over the years that, like, there's something about Western astrology that is really great at just kind of, like, putting a spotlight on, like, pain points. Yeah. Do you feel like writing this book was a way for, was a way to process the reckoning of, like, using Western astrology? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm like... I mean, because I think a lot of us sit with that, right? Like the type where, yeah, just, but you're so spot on with like how it works so well because it, it is a system that was developed by what eventually, like the people that eventually inspired the people who, you know, created the the world we live in right now. Um, and yeah, it's like something that you're right. It's just like we're always having to reckon with the West, no matter if you're here or not here. Right. It's like it affects everything. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about just like the structure of the book. It's ba- you kind of go into each of the seven traditional planets Um we were lucky enough at Fresh Voices to have you come teach a little workshop webinar um, based on the way you wrote the book, but kind of zeroing on the, on the sun, and that was phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, can you talk a little bit more about the structure of the book and sort of like why you chose to structure it that way? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to kind of like take some of the oppositions in astrology, uh, which 
like yeah you know this like the luminaries saturn uh, venus and mars jupiter and mercury which they they rule opposing signs so then they're read in opposition to each other a lot of the time so i wanted to kind of take that and then i wanted to look at each of them individually but then together to like kind of create a dichotomy from the binary and then uh what ended up happening was that i was focused on the moon and saturn and that like everything i was kind of finding about these two planets it was about like values so i wanted to talk about capital with the luminaries in saturn um with venus and mars what kind of happened was i thought i was going to explore gender but then i found out like whoa like gender is really about war uh, so then that chapter ended up being about power. And then um, what happened with like Mercury and Jupiter was that I was like, oh, like, you know, Mercury's language and Jupiter is these big institutions. So I thought that it would be about representation at first. And then I was like, you know, maybe it's about technology because I wanted there to be a material basis uh, for each of the chapters. And then uh, I found out, well, technology doesn't like really exist. Like I thought it did, but it doesn't. Like technology really just like covers up labor. So then that chapter ended up being about labor. And then I ended up rewriting a lot of it too. Okay. Yeah, because it sounds like you, like the writing process seems like you were set off to on certain directions and like kind of took turns along the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, I'm a little bit confusing in how I write. No, I don't mean oh. like the way you're oh. writing. I just mean the way that you're talking about the oh, writing I see, process. I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, you write beautifully. <laughs> um, yeah, like I rewrote um Venus and Mars too cuz like at first um like I wanted to write about like queer pleasure. Uh, but then yeah, but then I realized like, hey, like, I don't really want to define like the positive. I'm like, that's for everyone to kind of live. So I just wanted to talk about power in like maybe more of a like, yeah, negative way. So Saturnian. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love it. I'm I'm the Jupiterian. You're the Saturnian. Oh, that's we balance true. each other out nicely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. So um I'm curious, like a lot, because you write, you've been writing, right? This is what the fourth book you've written. Um, yeah, yeah. I made two books self-published and then mm -hmm. we were in that series together. Oh, yeah. OK, mm -hmm. that's right. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, you've been writing for a long time. You write tons of blogs, horoscopes, mm -hmm. amazing memes. Um, and then you also do client work. You work with clients. And so I'm curious how much of this, how much of your client work has informed this writing? Oh, everything. Yeah, yeah. I feel like everything about astrology I learned from doing client work. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the technical stuff, like from books and stuff, but right. then like every, like the flesh of it is just listening to people talk about how they like, I mean, how they live their experiences. Mm -hmm. Do you, so yeah, I guess, I guess where my next question is, um, your the type of clients you get basically. Like it sounds like you get a lot of clients who are, um, you know, who are people who work a lot. It sounds like <laughs> <laughs> people who um, are sort of stuck, or at least a part of a system that is not working from them in some way, shape or form. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm just curious if you could speak maybe a little bit more about your client work and how it's informed, not just this, I guess, not just like the way you, the writing in the book, but it sounds like your whole, almost like view around a lot of these topics um have been shaped in a lot of ways by your client practice yeah i think so yeah and i'm also like very curious i mean about like you like how your client practice has changed over the years too but at least for me like i mean like yeah i get a lot of i mean most of my clients are queer and then we talk about gender like a lot of times when my clients aren't queer, we don't talk about gender so much but then like like we have to talk about gender uh when 
we're both queer um, sometimes. And then, um, so I'm like, hey, like, you know, like, yeah, let's talk about gender with astrology then. Like, let's really see what's our, like, kind of, like, what's your experience of gender and what are your expectations of gender? Um, I just find it so useful. So I wanted to, like, I mean, I wanted to make something that, like, I could use that people who do astrology, like, client work could use. Um, like when we talk about the son, when we talk about the father, like, let's talk about the idea of father. Um, when we talk about, um, yeah, mother, let's talk about like, you know, this nuclear family, what does mm-hmm. the family kind of mean to, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it's funny. You're a night chart, right? Yeah, I am. <laughs> I love talking to astrologers who, for anyone listening, night chart, just meaning, Ace was born at nighttime, mm-hmm. after sunset, before sunrise. I know I you're a day chart. The day. I'm yeah. such a diurnal. I'm so di. I'm so diurnal. Really? <laughs> and it's always such a. I love hearing my night chart colleagues um, talk about their client practice because it's mm-hmm. not so different, maybe from mine, but it feels like it is because mm-hmm. mine is so diurnal in that I'm always talking about the future i'm always like i'm always always forecasting yeah um not all the time Mm -hmm. a lot of it is just like listening to what's happening and then Mm -hmm. giving context around that and then um saying okay well here's the cycle um this is probably when things change or this is probably when that ends and i'm always looking at timing i'm big timing freak um and so it's yeah it's i I say that to say that I love hearing you and, you know, other night chart (laughs) astrologers talk about their client readings because they're so, so deep. And um, there, there just seems to be, you guys have these conversations about really important topics like gender and not to say that things don't come up in in my practice, but I feel so much more um, like removed, like so, diurnal like up in up in the sky kind of like looking you at just things blew from a my mind. perspective i was like i didn't even know like a reading could i mean talk about the future somehow i'm like i like i'm always talking to people about like their baby selves yeah and i'm yeah. like oh like we can talk about the future too <laughs> well it's funny that you say that because mm-hmm. i kind of saving this i'm uh, not really saving it actually but um I wanted to talk about astrology as time magic because I just that phrase in general like sends shivers through my bones. I'm someone who's big on timing, like I just said. I'm I'm writing a book about it. Like really, you know, timing is a big thing for me, um, and which is why I love astrology so much. We both have our our dignified Saturn in Aquarius, um, so timing. I you know timing is a Saturn. Saturn concept, time, um, the Lord of time and how, how time, Saturn sort of constructs this illusion of time for us, right? Just so we can be like, this is reality. <laughs> um, but I wanted to, yeah, like dig into your thoughts around astrology as time magic. I just to quote this one sentence from your book, in the conclusion of your book, um, on page 291, you just said, Astrology is time magic because it frames and reframes temporality. Um, And then you go on to talk about how we use astrology to talk about emotions. Um, And you really like when it comes down to it, we're we're talking about change and how change is the only constant. And um, that's kind of why astrology is so fascinating because we are just like sort of like, yeah, it's about time and, and the way that that time changes and shifts and how we we like to nerd out and track that shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, tell us a little bit more about your your thoughts around astrology as time magic. Yeah. Like when I wrote this section and changed, I had just seen my grandpa and that was the last time I saw him actually. And he um yeah, he said, "Oh, shit, I'm going to cry." But like yeah, he died last year and then um around the I mean yeah, Gemini new moon actually, so it's been a full year. And then yeah, he was like, "Hey, like, you know, he told me that." And the word for animal in Chinese is like for is dongwu, so is moving thing. Um and then so he's like, "You know, if you're a 
animal of your life, like you're meant to move. Um, so like, yeah, that's kind of like what I was thinking about when um, I was writing about like just the change too. Um, but like, yeah, like the time magic thing, like for the past uh, five years, I have been working with uh, senior citizens, like elders uh, in uh, immigrant communities and also kids in immigrant communities. So like even like a sinistry chart, like that's time magic because you're looking at like different generation Plutos, different expectations of social transformation. And you're looking at them existing in the same moment with which is the present. And there's something so amazing about that. There's something so amazing about like just hearing these stories from the silent generation, but then talking with like Gen Z kids uh, like all in the same day, like like relationships, uh, like that's time magic. I think that's what astrology does. It's like, it kind of forces us to be curious about ourselves, but also about relationships, about where we overlap. Wow. Yeah, it's again, so night versus day. And I love it because um, you're talking about time as in very much centered in the present moment, um, but sort of like layering through like the through like people like the layering of time through. um, Yeah, through like, you know, people who are alive right now. and I think that's so interesting because, but I, th- I think it's interesting that you're still, you're not using it to look at the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've, um, yeah, you've alerted me to this new use of astrology, Kira. <laughs> oh my, like we can, yeah, we can think about the we future. Can, yeah, wow. It's so Imagine. optimistic. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we can build a future. It's, 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 I'm just keep thinking about our charts and, um, <laughs> <laughs> how it makes sense and you know speaking i don't know if you mind like talking about your, your like smr your sun moon rising do you mind oh sharing? yeah i'm a airy sun and cancer moon and aquarius rising yeah sorry i'm a cancer moon that's why i almost teared up just now. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why i kind of want to talk a little bit about your cancer moon um <laughs> just because like you know we talked about the moon for two hours on my podcast, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> episode yeah. three of my podcast. But um, yeah, I the way you talk about your Cancer Moon really shed light on things that I about you know a planet in its domicile, especially the moon, um, that I hadn't really considered before. And part of that is just you talking about culture and and how a planet in domicile can be. Um, you know, it has what it's what it needs, but sometimes it can be a little too much. Sometimes it can be smothering or overwhelming. Um, and you know, you talking about your cancer moon as like just, you know, someone might hear that and say, Oh, cool, you have a great family, right? Like you <laughs> you have a, like your family must be great and cook really good meals. Um, but there is that element of sort of like like over Overculture, being oversaturated with the lunar principle, um, and even without it, it, talking about it as an oversaturation or anything, just talking about it as how deeply immersed you seem to be in your in your your culture, um, and the culture in which you were raised, you know, your family, and your heritage, like. Just curious if you could talk a little bit about that and how that has informed this work as well. Yeah, my Cancer Moon, because it's very close, where it's co-present with my South Node, sometimes feels like a dead weight to me, like my body. Um, I think that like the thing about food has never made sense to me with Cancer Moon. Like I grew up eating 89 cent frozen pizza every day. Like we, my cousin would say like, you, you've never had Chinese food. So like, um, and part of it is also cause like I'm from Hunan. So like, you know, in my uh, parents' generation they saw famine too. So like, they were like, they were going hungry five days a month. Like they, they didn't learn how to cook. Like all we ate growing up was like wheat paste boiled with like pickled vegetables. So like, that's the kind of like my home food. Yeah. I mean, like, 
I guess it's like I say to my clients, like all your placements, they're constantly changing. So the ways that I find home now, uh, like that's evolving all the time too. Mm -hmm. So I don't experience my cancer moon in the same ways, but then sometimes it comes up in those familiar ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you? You're Aries moon. Yeah. My fiery little Aries moon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We talked again. Yeah. We (laughs) talked about this about a little bit on the show, how, um, just moon, the moon related to culture and and, and your heritage and um, your race, really. Um, and, and yeah, like how you sort of, um, I always like to talk about the moon as like your instincts, like your, just like how you would instinctually respond to whatever stimuli, um, just that like gut reaction. Um, and yeah, as an Aries moon, like I, I kind of do have built-in defenses, you know, like I feel very, and my Aries moon is ruled by a very strong Mars and Scorpio, you know, so it's very Martian. And I feel like I've, for the past, I don't know, maybe five years or so, been trying to learn how to like turn down the defense but also like knowing when to keep it up like it's like it's not that I have good boundaries necessarily it's just the initial reaction response to things and that it comes from being in the body that I'm in right like being a black woman in this this here United States of America um you're going to be naturally um not to say that everyone is but there it would make sense why you know I have a natural defensive response to things um yeah, because of violence made on bodies like mine. Um, so, so yeah, it's I loved talking to you and Bear. We should mention Bear River, our other colleague, about um, the moon in that context, which I don't think you hear that much about in terms of like the the moon related to race and and culture as well. It's your body. It's your like your your lived experience. Right. It's how you emotionally anticipate things. Yeah, yeah, it's like your physical form, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, how do we get talking about the moon even? <laughs> oh, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> just like your, um, I was, yeah, just mm-hmm. thinking about how your experience as um, <clears throat> a Chinese American has also informed this work too. Mm, I think in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I mean, so I like I grew up in Iowa, uh, so I'm also a Midwesterner. Mm-hmm. And then uh, so I don't know. I feel like that's influenced in many ways, too. I feel like I learned how to be Asian American after I uh, like moved to New York and I started working with elders uh, who like had been living in different Chinatowns or lived in different Chinatowns. Because mm-hmm. um, like I was yeah, I was pretty cut off. Like all I knew was kind of the church and things like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, I always forget you're from Iowa, and then I remember it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can you talk a little bit more about your work with um, elderly Chinese people in in New York City? I mean, it's just kind of like going to them and then trying to get them to come together mm. to do like a creative activity. Like they're really sweet. Uh, they like to be praised, but they're very bashful <laughs> and none of them have phones. So Aww. it's you have to like go at the right time when they're eating lunch, but then they'll all talk to each other. So if you catch one, then they'll all come too. So, okay. I mean, it's very enjoyable. Yeah, that's sweet. So how did you get involved in that? I was working at a nonprofit um, Asian American Writers Workshop, and then oh yeah, that's where yeah, I met yeah. you for the first time. Oh okay, oh really? There? Yeah, I. Didn't <laughs> it was know. at one of your book like oh, launches there. Oh okay, yeah yeah yeah. I was working there, and then um, well, I mean yeah, I was in the office, but then we had different programs in different places, so I would go. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I wanna kind of pick your brain about. I mean, not pick, pick your brain mm. is not really the right word, <laughs> but I want to talk a little bit about like the future mm-hmm. um, because you talk about astrology, how astrology um, is change and how it's always changing. And I think this book is a testament to that, right? Like 
you wouldn't like this is post-colonial astrology like we wouldn't <laughs> have this 10 years ago um maybe we would have but um it m might not have been as well known as this is and is going to be so yeah i i feel like we're at this well i guess first i want to ask you about your thoughts around where we're at right now in astrology because it is this very I think really cool place yeah. that we're in right now. It um, is. It's so cool. Like mm -hmm. I, 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 I'm kind of stunned that we're even here, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> talking. Like I'm talking to you about this book you wrote about postcolonial astrology for like a college. Like what? This is yeah. happening. <laughs> I know, and we all have we have the same mics and <laughs> color coded shirts. And we're, yeah. yeah, we're colorful. Uh, yeah, um. <laughs> I matched my shirt to yours. I thought I saw that you were wearing lime green, so I was yes. like, oh, I'm gonna wear like something bright, like you know, the same cut. To actually, I I I love it. Nice. I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did notice. Nice. Um, no, but yeah. So talking about again where we're at right now, like. What do you think about this moment that we're in right now in terms of astrology? I'm so excited. Yeah, I feel like we're writing like astrology fan fiction. Yeah. Like it's so like kind of fun and sexy and also like, yeah, just like enjoyable. Like where people are like, Saturn's a he, him, lesbian. Like I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, yeah, it's so much fun. It is. It is. It is. It's yeah, it's been blowing my mind like on the regular, even last night, just like I was on Clubhouse, some astrologers were talking, saying things that were just like, oh, my God. Um, yeah, it feels how do you feel like with your success right now in this moment? Like, did, were you did you anticipate this at all? No. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know that I would be able to write a book. I was so happy that I could yeah congratulations it's hard <laughs> yeah I'm so lucky yeah it's it, yeah 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 I mean yeah tell me more tell me more like I'm wondering when where you were when you first got into astrology mm -hmm. um tell me yeah tell me about that like how when was that and like where were you in your life and sort of what drew you to it Oh, okay. Like, I was in a really dark place when I got into it. Most of us were. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, there's some addiction issues. Like, I um, like I was also married. Uh, I was in this very abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. And I had to flee. Yeah, I had to get out. And then so I rented this room with no windows. And then the bathroom was facing my room. And there's always like this diarrhea situation. Mm. Like I like just I mean, yeah, I don't want to paint you like a better picture. <laughs> like I was in a really bad place. Yeah. Yeah. And and so what like how did how did you find astrology? How did it find you during that tough moment? I think just by like kind of wanting to see some of the things that I was going through, like some of the pain reflected back. And I was Googling things and then somehow I found astrology on Yahoo Answers and then I just like went down the rabbit hole and then like I was uh, going to like East Village books and then they had a whole wall of astrology books. Hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, just got really obsessed with it. Wow. Yeah, that's what, so you just were, were Googling like answers around or questions around processing the pain that you were in basically yeah i was googling around like relationship issues mm. specifically yeah. and something like popped up around astrology yeah yeah wow. what about you how did you get into it i don't i don't think i you know the story i feel like oh. i'm always telling the story so that's why oh, i'm like okay. i don't want to bore you but I, i'm fine to tell it i just didn't yeah, want tell to it. <laughs> retell tell it, it. Yeah. um well i i'm one of those people who has like mm -hmm. always kind of been into astrology mm -hmm. But like you, you were too. It's just Chinese astrology. You, you knew that probably more than I knew any type of astrology when I was younger. But I was like obsessed with birthdays. And I just always knew everyone's birthday. It's just this weird thing that I took a lot of pride in <laughs> remembering birthdays. I just knew they were special. There was just something. And I knew that like the time you were born was special. I didn't know why I knew that. But 
Um, so yeah, when I was like 10, 11 was when I started really like researching online, um, mostly cause I was like, what boys am I most compatible with? Like that type of thing. Um, and just thought it would be a cool thing to know, like, oh, you like that boy? Like I went to an all girls school. So, you know, we talked about boys a lot, um, <laughs> but you know, um, yeah. Oh, like you'd be really compatible with him, whatever. And I was just really into it when I was younger. And then um, fast forward in college, I was in a really bad place, just so depressed. So like nothing matters, you know, really having like a spiritual like crisis, I guess you could say, like, what are we here? What are we here for? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that type of thing. Yeah. Um, nothing matters. But like, why? Okay. So yeah. then astrology sort of re-entered my life um, pretty randomly. A friend just mentioned like, did you know that there's moon signs or something? And <laughs> yeah. I was like, tell me more. Um, and then I saw my chart for the first time and that was a rabbit hole. I didn't, mm -hmm. I, I like pulled it up one night, yeah. didn't sleep that night, just stayed up all mm -hmm. night researching. Yeah. And that was eight, a little over eight years ago. And here mm -hmm. we are. <laughs> wow. So yeah, I got really obsessed really quick. It was a Saturn transit for me. Yeah. I don't know if it was for you, but it was my, my closing Saturn square, Saturn uh, entering Scorpio, my ninth house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was around 22 for me too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. so it would have been around that same time. Mm -hmm. Eclipses, yeah. all the things. Yeah. I feel um, like, like that dark moment where you're like, what's the point of life? Like that's actually a really good question. Yeah. That like only shows up at those moments too. Yeah. And you know, astrology really helped with it because it, I, when, when I saw it, when you look at your chart, you're like, this is mine. Like, yeah. this is my map that right. the universe like gave me or whatever. Because like, I remember seeing my chart for the first time and feeling mm -hmm. this overwhelming sense of like connection mm -hmm. and overwhelmingly that I was like being seen and witness. And it's like, mm. this is your thing. Like, this is your chart. Yeah. This isn't just you being a Scorpio, like mm. millions and millions of other Scorpios. Like, this is yours. Right. And that to me was like enough proof that, that like things mattered. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is your life. This is your time. Uh, yeah. I feel like, like, a lot of times when you're in that place, like you only see yourself in relationship to other people mm -hmm. in relationship to different institutions. Right. And then you like, you get so small. So then it's like, whoa, like here's this map where I can be curious about my experiences, my pain, my, mm -hmm. my joy. Like, yeah. That's such a good way of putting it. Yeah. Cause at that time it was like early twenties mm -hmm. Is I think the hardest time of life, honestly. I think it might be up there. Right. <laughs> like it's, up there yeah. with pu like the beginning of pu puberty is really hard. Mm. And then like early 20s, the second pu puberty, that word is hard for me to say. That one's really yeah. hard too because you're sort of, everyone's like, okay, you're an adult now. You're like, you know, mm -hmm. you're 19, you're 20, you're an adult. Yeah. Go out into the world and get a job and make something of yourself. Mm -hmm. But no one tells you how. Yeah. It's, it's like the worst time to figure right. out how to like, make something of yourself because you're mm -hmm. still really a child but you're you're assumed to act like an adult yeah yeah and i felt just so like betrayed by mm -hmm. the world which you know yeah kind of dramatic but i, I felt <laughs> betrayed mm -hmm. by the fact that like we were told okay i went to this like fancy private school cool check mm -hmm. um go to college mm -hmm. check you know um get a good job make something of yourself like yeah. I felt so I don't know I just felt like it wasn't fair like it wasn't that mm. easy yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah etc etc et but mm -hmm. it's just such a hard time in life and astrology just came to me at that perfect mm -hmm. moment where I needed like proof that it was worth it mm -hmm. basically to like keep to keep right. chugging along right. <laughs> keep trying yeah. And I feel like like having people who are like also speaking the same language where they can really where you can say like, hey, I'm going through this transit and they're like, whoa, like I can see you in what you're yeah. feeling. Like, yeah, yeah, there's something about that. Even when it's just online, you don't even know the person. It like it really feels like you've been touched physically sometimes. Mm -hmm. 
It totally. Yeah. It's that's the thing about astrology. Like I always say there's a couple ways you get into astrology. Mo- primarily most people will get into it because um it really helps with self-acceptance and you can sort of like learn about yourself and from this different perspective and be like this is just the way I am, you know. Not to say that you shouldn't like, you know, be a good person or whatever, but <laughs> but yeah, it's like, you know, that was that was huge for me. It was like, oh, I'm just like a Scorpio with like Mars and like Sun, Mars, Pluto. Like I'm supposed to be this intense, you know, it's like it's in the stars, you know, um, there's nothing wrong with me. It's just who I am. So I think the self acceptance part is so important. And then the timing piece again. And I think a big part of it was, which it sounds like you um you went through and i was going through on a different totally different scale but like knowing that it's going to end knowing there's an end date to the suffering is like so valuable um and you know everyone says like oh like with time you'll get better or just give it time or it's not like this forever but with astrology you can whip out your ephemeris and be like yes this is when that saturn transit is over i see (laughs) yeah 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 so that was a big part mm-hmm. of it for me too right um being you, able to see the cycle instead yeah, of exactly. like an abstract idea yeah exactly yeah um do you use astrology for timing at all mm-hmm. timing stuff at all um like for like doing things like planning to do things i actually or, yeah, yeah i actually maybe don't um yeah i yeah i mean like cause, just because like whenever i like want to do something i want to do it right away mm-hmm. yeah. Aries, Aries I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get that mm-hmm. um yeah just i mean even do you ever look at it for like mm-hmm. you look at your solar return chart i'm assuming i do yeah like kind of yeah. looking at what's to come i look at yeah yeah I, i'm a pisces solar return moon this year last year was a Ooh. scorpio solar return moon. oh yeah they go in they go in those like yeah or not water but the elemental right um kind of going back to the (laughs) to the book a little bit (laughs) um i wanted to ask you about um your like research just like your process for writing it and Mm -hmm. um if if and how you did research and yeah let's start there like the the writing process and like the research accumulating of all the knowledge process yeah yeah i read a hundred books to write this book and i didn't use all the material but hey that's a lot of books it is yeah it's like i mean this bookcase was half full when i started and then now it's full but like i would just pick up like free things also because like my friend gave me like a jstor login so i would just go in and search like sun or light and see what came up also uh, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of it was like compiling and then I would pull out things and then, uh, like kind of like retype the lines in my notes and then I would organize it by sections. So then the ideas started coming together during the reading process. Like that's why there's so many citations is because like most of the process was, uh, like was about reading, um, the writing went very fast. Like each chapter was a day of writing. Wow. And then the reading part was um, like the most laborious, maybe. And then like kind of the note taking and all yeah, that. Yeah, organizing. Yeah, keeping everything. Yeah, yeah. So there's some. Notes yeah, right now. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's a list of errata. Um, I maybe mixed up some people's names and stuff that will. Okay. Change. Yeah. Wow. So what types of books did you read? Like, obviously, it wasn't all astrology mm-hmm. books. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, I was reading. I mean, there were some astrology books. There's a book um, about Saturn. There's a, there's a lot of material about Saturn. Saturn through the Renaissance, uh, Saturn in the Middle Ages, things like that. I was reading uh, a lot of. Um, I mean, I went. I was reading Agamben because he lo- uses a lot of Latin concepts, and I would try to map them out. Like I kind of used him as a whole, through which a lot of uh, like postmodern thinkers were pulling from. But then he would like kind of use the Latin concepts. And then I was uh, reading 
a lot of Sarah Ahmed because she writes about orientation and astrology is about orientation. And then, so I was really interested in that. I was reading, um, like, what's that book's name? I can, yeah. like, this, the politics of feeling. Yeah, that was a really important book for the moon chapter. Uh, I was reading uh, Grace Allen Chen, uh, Rage How, like, uh, just kind of like things I had already been familiar with too, because there's a lot of astrology that already shows up in post-colonial theory. Like there's a lot of references to like the nocturnal body of colonialism. And then, so I was reading Sylvia Winter, her essay, Unsettling the Coloniality of Being was probably like the guiding essay for the book, because in that essay, she looks at the spirit flesh divide, which, yeah, fate and fortune. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, a lot of different things. Yeah. But also like, also like Twilight and uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, I yeah, I read this book about. Which ones did you? What do you? What were you reading those for? The, the, for the Venus and Mars chapter. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, also, like this book about like boys love BL. Um, yeah, things like that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's so much research. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it sounds amazing. I love that. Um, you said. You just said real quick, like astrology is about orientation. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? I feel like that's the chart, right? Like it orients you to the Mm. world. So then like, well, the houses and then the, yeah, the constellations. Okay. I see what you mean. Mm -hmm. I love that because I always like to talk about how it's about where you were in in time and in space. Yeah, yeah. Um, like that moment in space time mm-hmm. and you like become that moment in space time. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, thinking about it that way is like it orients you in space time as well. Right. You look at a chart and it's sort of like, yeah, it puts you into a place and like a, a moment in time and space. Yeah, um, in to, history, but also geography too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Um, Wow. Okay. <laughs> now I'm like, all all the little data points are moving around in my head. Yeah, um, yeah. Cool. So you you did a lot of research from a lot of different angles. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I know you just listed a bunch, but anything in particular that like, yeah, any piece in particular um, outside the ones you just listed that mm-hmm. you know really it's like popping up for you that you think that would be interesting Mm -hmm. to share um that you came across in your research um i think like the most powerful moment when i was researching is when i found like two pdf books online no i think i bought the ebook for uh for these books actually and then um and it was like just kind of random and this was like uh yeah this was like it was like two books I can't remember the titles like I have no memory of any names but like um, one book was talking about how like colonialism pushes death like um, outward from the capital and then um, another book was like it was mapping like the movement of body parts and uh, like through like organ donation and it was like hey like colonialism actually extracts living flesh from the colonies and brings it to the capital and i was like whoa like there's this constant moving of life and death um like just kind of looking at these two texts like together that was like just like really harrowing um so that was a really powerful moment in the research and you know there are moments like that too i think when um yeah when i was researching venus and mars just like seeing some of the older Hebrew texts about like a city under siege and how these cities become gendered. Um, And then like kind of reading about like the state of war after the cold war, like there was something that just kind of clicked um, through that experience too. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) I'm like, okay, now we need to find the names of these. Um, 
Yeah, wow. Okay. I'm thinking, well, I guess one thing I wanted to, like, maybe to close out, I think we, I think this might close this out, um, depending on how long <laughs> we want to talk about it. But I, I did want to talk a little bit about, we, I've been kind of popping all around. Is, where's your Mercury at? Oh, my Mercury's at Pisces. It's in Pisces. Okay, mine's in Sag. So we have the, yeah. we have the detrimental <laughs> Jupiter, Jupiterian Mercury is kind of running all over the place. But um, I wanted to circle back because we talked a little bit about like this moment in time that we're in right now, this moment in space time <laughs> that we're in right now with astrology um, and how neither of us really anticipated this at all. Mm-hmm. Um and how cool it is, right, that we mm-hmm. are able to not just like talk about these things, but expand on them. And what did you say? You you said something like it's in a phase where what did you say? You were talking mm-hmm. about being really playful, but you said something mm-hmm. that you, it was like we were developing um, like fan fiction. Fan fiction yeah, yeah. For astrology, which mm-hmm. it really does feel like that a lot of the right. time. Yeah. It's so nice. Mm-hmm. Um what do you see? I know we don't talk about much about the future. I know you're not. <laughs> but what do you see coming? Like, do you, do you have any ideas as to what the what lies in astrology's future? I don't know. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't spend that much time thinking about the future. So this is maybe like a weak spot for me, actually. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I mean... That blows my mind because it's like, mm-hmm. when am I not thinking about the future? Whoa, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is we're apples, apples and oranges, right? Yeah, yeah. I think um, about the past a lot. Yeah, yeah. What do you that's think? Will cancer come? moon thing. Um, well, you know, mm-hmm. I am excited to see more pieces, like more, more work like yours, more critical yeah. pieces using astrology to to comment on the state of the world and, you know, the institutions that, that we dwell within. Um, and just more, I think communities is, is, is a big thing right now with um, Saturn and Aquarius and Jupiter about, I mean, sorry, Pluto about to enter Aquarius. Um, and we're talking a lot more about just communities in general and how we can better support each other um, and and I think more importantly, we may, not more importantly, sorry, but also and also <laughs> um, craft and create c- communities or structures for communities to exist in that um, are safe and equitable and, you know, good for everyone and not just a couple people. So, um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to seeing how that continues to shape up within the astrology community. Um, and I'm also just excited to see how astrology continues to be more utilized by people who like aren't astrologers, you know, and aren't into astrology. Like I'm interested to see where, um, you know, astrologers doing more, more consulting for other industries and other types of people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it's really useful knowledge, you know, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, people are kind of catching on. <laughs> right, right. Like there's musicians like using astrology to write music. Right. Like, yeah, like y- you don't have to do client work to be an astrologer. You can, mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of different ways. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and But you also host community as well, too. So it's not like. So, yeah, I'm curious, like, how that has been going for you. Um, Yeah, because you've been sort of hosting gatherings yourself, too, right? Well, that was my day job for five years is, yeah, making community programs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I mean, this last year has been weird with community stuff because it's all, like, kind of virtual. And, yeah, I don't love, uh, like, virtual events because, like, yeah, you know, and rightfully, like, people want their cameras off, people are tired, like, you know, people are shy. Yeah. Um, but I like to see people face to face. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you have been hosting mm-hmm. 
some like monthly gatherings for people who sort of subscribe mm-hmm. to your website, right? I do. Yeah, I have a reading group. So I have these people that I read things with every month. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's fun. We read some like Ursula Gwynn together. Uh, we, we read her essay on like uh, myth making and science fiction. Uh, we read uh, like some things, like some essays that people were writing in on LiveJournal in 2009 about representation in myth um, and in speculative fiction. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have a lot of fun. We talk about things. Do yeah. you talk astrology as well? We, or is it mostly just reading? So like a lot of the things they relate to astrology. Uh, for example, we read Sylvia Winter's essay. And it's like, hey, this is about fate and fortune. Uh, but like, yeah, this this month, uh, next weekend, we're going to be looking more just like getting groundwork for traditional astrology because then we can read more. We can we're, then we're going to read um, Banu Subranium and uh, like Darwin's ghosts and really look at like the cultural workings of science um feminist science and so yeah yeah yeah. i'm really excited we're yeah we're gonna do some astrology and then like kind of like deep dive into every step i'm so excited yeah awesome that's such a great i think it people need that and are craving things like that um Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean it's i'm just grateful for you and other folks within our community just like creating space creating spaces within the larger astro community space um, because there's so many different niches and things that people are interested in. And yeah, I don't know. I just feel like folks are really grateful for you being in this community and for the work that you make. Thanks. Yeah, me too. I'm glad that like you're here. I feel like you're like, like you hold people together and you also like give us more energy too in a really like kind of sincere way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny you said hold people together. I'm like, that's what you do. Um, y- yeah, you're always you've been involved in other community projects too, like the Queer Astrology Conference last year. Um, you just aren't as loud about it as I am. <laughs> so I, yeah, I appreciate you doing that work and just all the work that you do. I don't know how you do all of it, actually, Ace. Like, can that be my last question? How do you do, how how are you writing all these things <laughs> and doing readings and working and re- making great memes? Like, how do you do it all? Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, like, I feel like you do a lot more than me. So, like, I don't <laughs> but- know. I Like, I'm like Saturn's in my first house now. I'm a little bit busier. But before, I was sleeping for like 12 hours a day. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I I do a lot, but mm-hmm. I couldn't do I couldn't do the things that you do. Like the writing, the way that you crank out writing is something that is completely foreign to me. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm very uh-huh. it's admirable. Do Do you write like every day? Oh, yeah, I write every day, but I've always written every day because I would write like dirty fan fiction every day okay. as a kid yeah so you're used to just being in that flow of just like letting it pour out of you yeah i used to write a chapter a day oh my god when oh, i was a jealous teen. yeah updating like yeah very quickly yeah. <laughs> oh gosh take me back to to live journal right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um well that was really it's just like fun talking to you always oh ace this was so fun (laughs) yeah it was fun talking to you you too um i'm sure we'll talk again soon but i guess we should (laughs) close it out for tonight (laughs) so we don't just (laughs) keep going forever um yeah thank you so much everyone buy this book you you need to have it (laughs) it's really good i i love I think now that people are going to read it and and sort of like know how you speak so they'll hear they'll hear you when they're when they're reading oh. it which is such a pleasure for me cuz I'm like you know I'm just like oh this is so ace. Oh, no. <laughs> um so thank you so much for writing this and for sitting down with me to talk about it. No thank you. Yeah, and thanks for chatting and for hanging out. 
Thank you for listening to the CIIS Public Programs Podcast. Our talks and conversations are presented live in San Francisco, California. We recognize that our university's building in San Francisco occupies traditional, unceded Ramaytush Ohlone lands. If you are interested in learning more about Native lands, languages, and territories, the website native-land.ca is a helpful resource for you to learn about and acknowledge the Indigenous land where you live. Podcast production is supervised by Kirsten Van Cleef at CIS Public Programs. Audio production is supervised by Lau Barrere at Desired Effect. The CIIS Public Programs team includes Kyle DiMedio, Alex Elliott, Emlyn Guinea, Jason MacArthur, and Patty Fort. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe wherever you find podcasts, visit our website, ciis.edu, and connect with us on social media at CIIS Pub Programs. CIIS Public Programs commits to use our in-person and online platforms to uplift the stories and teachings of Black, Indigenous, and other people of color, those in the LGBTQIA community, and all of those whose lives emerge from the intersections of multiple identities.